0: A bottle Rock in 1929 <laughs> ah! Congratulations Rosa Kahn figured i'd sing a little bit in the beginning to to weed out the unnecessaries that's that's a good thing to do when you want people to be getting more listeners to your podcast is to uh, start singing badly in the beginning so if there was happened to be a new listener that popped into this episode once he heard that really bad neutral milk hotel rendition he probably tipped out i don't know why i'm making him a hey could be a she i'm not sexist all sex is invited normally i turn away the women the most anyway i'm just rambling i'm just rambling here already uh welcome to the awkward high five podcast my name is devin and back for his big return to the podcast is nah i'm just kidding richie's still ghosting us now you know what (laughs) i um wow that goes on huh shut up crickets Uh, I tried to pull that bit off five seconds before this and totally ate it and just restarted the podcast just to do that stupid little cricket bit. So I hope you guys appreciated it. (laughs) Even before that, I went on YouTube and ripped that sound effect in order to have it so I could do just that stupid fucking little bit. So I don't know. But here we go. Here we are. Uh, It's Wednesday. So I decided to do another solo show. I got some decent feedback from the last one, and uh, although these things uh, fucking scare the shit out of me, they make me very nervous to do for some reason or another. I don't know why. Um, Things are a lot easier when I'm just sitting here talking to somebody, but you know what? I enjoyed doing it last time. They say use fear as a compass, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they say. They say if there's something out there that fears you, then that's the direction that you should be going in, because what is life if it's not overcoming fears? Am I correct? Am I correct about that? So uh, although doing this alone scares the shit out of me, there was enough enough nice uh, sentiment, enough, uh, enough nice words said to me uh, through emails and tweets and all the other things um, about this last solo show that I figured I'd give it another stab. Uh, as a matter of fact, my, uh, our friend Dave who was here on the last episode, Who who's nice enough to be uh, volunteering his services as an A-Hi-Fi producer, even said, "Dev, dog, don't worry about it. I'm going to come in with my laptop and I'll sit there and uh, we'll make everything okay. And, and I even said to him, I said, you know what, save that shit for the weekend because today I'm going to go back in there and I'm going to do the solo thing by myself, stare at nothing, stare at a chair. Although I said I was going to steal a stuffed animal and put it here, but I don't have one. And just ramble, just talk to my listeners uh our listeners r t g and mine listeners, even though he's not anywhere to be found and uh and just do it that way, so I mean, hmm, let's see where do we start so right before this show, because of my nerves, I do what I normally do before I go into a uh a scary situation is I meditated for a little bit, uh about thirty minutes to be exact, I cleared recharged and aligned my chakras my chakras are aligned uh they're glowing my third eye is open my top of my head chakra is is blowing out into the world the pelvic one nah it's a little dysfunctional at this point uh tailbones feeling good but i basically just cleared out my soul my body and got nice and loose to come in here and talk to you guys now here's Here's a weird thing that I do during meditation sometimes, and I'm just totally going to cop this to you listeners because y- you're my best friends <laughs> in the world, so you need to know this about me, is that sometimes when I meditate, I try to communicate to people through, through uh, I guess, brain wavelengths, what are they called? I have no idea, ESP maybe if you want to call it. I don't know why maybe because I feel so attuned to the universe itself. Uh, Sometimes during meditation, I will try to communicate with other people just to see, you know, and you'll never know, you'll never have any returns on it. But sometimes I just like to see that maybe like, I I, I fancy the, the vision of me really trying to get into somebody's head, and then be at work or, at home watching tv or cooking dinner or driving and then all of a sudden maybe they don't hear my thoughts maybe not they're not hearing the message that i'm trying to put in their head but maybe they think of me for some reason i don't know that's pretty crazy i know but it's something that i do so sometimes when i'm sitting there you know uh it it, the thoughts might go like this and it might be like hey you i don't like all your facebook photos because they're funny although they're mildly amusing, I also kind of just have a crush on you. And I'm way too shy because I've been out of the game way too long to, uh, to hit on you or ask you out. So hopefully you're hearing this right now and you could get in touch with me and tell me you feel the same way. Or sometimes when I'm meditating, I think, hey, Chase Bank of America, you know who's a really good guy and should be let out of credit card debt? Devin Robert Ferry from Central New Jersey. I know you're hearing this and thinking that it's weird, but why don't you just go ahead, pull up that file, and hit the delete button. That'll make you feel good. That'll make you feel like a good person. You know, These are things that I think about when I meditate sometimes. I don't know if I'm getting across. I don't know. Maybe some of you listeners, some of you people that listen to this show have been a target of my uh, meditation thinking. And, and maybe one day, you can think back now and be like, holy shit. I thought of that random Idiot from that podcast. One day, maybe he was thinking about me when we we're meditating. I don't know. But here's the point that I'm trying to make. Here's the things that I'm trying to say to you: is that in my meditation today, before this show, I really tried to get across to our absentee co-host RTG. I, I, th- I thought my mo- we've been friends for thirty years. We've done things with each other. We've we've had a li- whole lifetime with each other. We've experienced everything with each other. I was in the room, the very room the, uh, the, the, when he lost his virginity, we've done every drug on the, on the face of the earth together. We've had pretty much any experience that, uh, that two people could have together minus any sort of sexual thing. Although I know out there you're all thinking it, but it's not fucking true. Okay. Those are just rumors in high school. That's not the way it was. Um, now I'm off my track. Sorry. Anyway. So I, I thought maybe, maybe I could just, you know, I could just think about it and say in my mind while I'm meditating and say, Richie, you need to show up to the podcast. You need to come and do your show that you ditched for no reason. Get out of bed where we all know you are. Get on Facebook Messenger, which is kind of pathetic that that's your only way of communicating with the world. Hit up your best friend and come do your podcast that people listen to and want you to come back to. Didn't seem to work though. I didn't get any uh, any correspondence from him. My Facebook Messenger app didn't blow up, and uh, he wasn't here. So I thought that maybe if maybe that was just like a little crack that I made, maybe I just made a little bit of leeway into the, the fabric of of Earth, the fabric of the universe that maybe opened up a little portal. And if I was to do a little bit more of a seance... A little bit more of a communication, ESP style, like the chick at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street 6 who wraps the chains around Jason and gets him in the lake. And that's starting this because I know that Richie likes Nightmare on Elm Street Part 6. So even bringing that up is starting this seance. But I figured maybe here on the show, if I was to use the thing that I know Richie loves, uh, which is his podcast... And, and tried to maybe Conjure him to come in So I don't know Deal with me but here we go Are you ready Whew. Wish me luck Richie I know you're out there I know you're just laying down In your bed In your one bedroom In the apartment you share with like seven other people And I know you're just laying there watching Twilight Zone reruns, Cheers reruns, maybe a little Seinfeld reruns if you're feeling into it. But what you gotta know, man, is that your best boy, Dev Dog, is sitting here alone in the studio, wishing that you would come here. I'm even playing your favorite song, the song that I know you love more than anything in the world. I'm risking being sued by a designer with two eyes, In order to get you to rise up from your coma, from your bed, from your depression, or whatever is going on in your life right now. And somehow, even though you don't own any sort of transportation, not even a skateboard or roller skates or anything with wheels, get over to the A High Five Studios and hear crazy things that I downloaded for you, like this. Remember that? It's from UHF. We love UHF. Or how about this one? So I married an axe murderer. These are all things we have in common. All right, this song's missing me. <laughs> all right. I don't know if that worked or not maybe at least his uh his ears are ringing a little bit we'll see but i figured i'd use the power of the airwaves to try to make that happen all right thanks for dealing with that little stupidness i felt like uh experimenting there i don't know if this one's going as good as the last one i have no idea i don't even know that the last one went that good but i don't know if people lie to me when they tell me those things actually now that i'm thinking about it maybe a lot of people said that the last one didn't go that good. I think basically what most people said was that I, they were amazed that I filled the time, <laughs> which now that I'm thinking about it, isn't a great compliment. They're just saying that they're amazed that I could open and close my mouth and have sounds come out of it for about 45 minutes to an hour, which if you hang out with me, isn't too amazing because I normally do that without any substance all the time. If you just give me a few beers, what did I want to talk to you fine people at home today? Uh oh! Look, I'm getting uh, text messages already. Du-du-du-du-du. Sorry, I got shit written down on my phone. Now see if I had RTG here, he'd have his list of ideas, and we'd go through it. Anyway, it's uh, I don't want to, you know, again, I don't want to harp on the thing, but it's you know, I I'm getting a lot of emails of concern about Richie and stuff like that, and 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 this isn't any sort of bit or anything. I mean, the dude is basically disappeared. Um. And uh, it got me thinking about, like, I've never had somebody just disappear that way. And uh, it's an interesting phenomenon that, you know, after that seance and my meditation and I really started thinking about the idea, I started really kind of thinking, at least entertaining the fact that maybe, and you guys at home let me know how you feel, but maybe, I don't, is going to sound nuts. Stick with me here. But maybe Richie is just a figment of my imagination. Maybe I've just been a lonely person my whole life who had an imaginary friend that I spent the last 30 years, 30 plus years of my life hanging out with and having these adventures with and playing in bands with and doing podcasts with and all the other things. Maybe he didn't really exist. Maybe that was just me. Projecting myself into another human being. Maybe Richie is the Tyler Durden to my narrator character that I can't remember a name of. Maybe Richie is the Mr. Robot to the bug-eyed other narrator version of that show that I don't remember the name of. Maybe, and this is a big maybe, maybe Richie Has been dead all along. And he's the mom to my Norman Bates, who is a narrator character that I did remember the name of. Maybe these are all things that that these are just, I'm just entertaining it. I don't know. I mean, I've definitely had mental episodes before. So I wouldn't put it past the fact that I could just sit there and make up somebody and uh and maybe come on a podcast and to do both both voices let me let me see let me see hang on hang on hang on for a sec yo dev dag what's up dude so anyway i was watching wrestling today Uh, hmm. i don't know maybe maybe it's a possibility anyway think about it because now i really don't know i have no idea i am sitting here in uh a high five studios with the lights turned low however and uh, that was one of the reasons like when Dave said, hey, I'll come in. And, and, and uh, I knew that if he came in, I would just sit here and talk to him instead of actually talk directly to you guys. And I didn't want that to happen. I wanted to be a little bit more of an intimate kind of thing. So I set up the studio with the lights low. I got my lava lamp over here. I got my black light going. I got a sweet-ass velvet, or at least like fucking, I guess they're made out of velvet, blacklight poster of that cat who sat on top of the mushroom in uh, Alice in Wonderland smoking on a fucking pipe. I got that kicking. I got those cool-ass beads that you put over the door, which I don't really understand because why, if you're going into a hippie den, probably it's tripping on acid or at the very least just really, really stone, would you want to get knotted up into beads on strings? But... That's what people do. So I got those kicking, and I just got like a nice, real nice kind of atmosphere here that I could really sink into, take my time and talk to you guys. So I'm digging it. I listened to a little incense peppermints before the show, got me into the mood. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea where that came from. I'm just fucking rambling at this point. Um, So, okay, let me look into my solo show ideas that I came up with. Okay. This is why I wanted to give an update to the people at home who do not care about this and probably didn't even pick up on the fact that I talked about this in passing a few episodes ago. But um, I think it was the last episode that Richie was here. I brought up the fact that a new album from a band that I really enjoyed to listen to had come out. And in the first two or three spins, as the kids say, of that album, I was not too impressed, none impressed, uh, nothing really jumped out at me. The uh, I didn't believe that it was up to the standards of the previous albums that made me come to love this band so much. Overall, it was a pretty big disappointment. Now, normally at that time, especially in this world of mass consumption that we live in, where things are free and easily consumed and easily discarded, I, I normally would have listened to it once or twice, not, in- not gotten into it and said, next... And fucking hit my Spotify and found something that I liked or went on to something new. But something, for some reason, maybe it is the respect I have for this band. Or maybe it is nostalgia for a, uh, a, an older time that I used to enjoy in my life. But I, I made a decision. I made a hard-nosed decision to keep listening to this album to see if I could have it grow on me. And it's been about two weeks, I think. It's been about maybe even a little bit more. And I can honestly say that I've listened to this album at least once a day in those two weeks, normally in the morning on the way to work, in my car ride to work. Um, no, oh, a little side note, now that, now that I bring that up, uh, I want to know if this has ever happened to anybody, because this is fascinating to me. You know, the new car, I bought a new car, a new brand new car, 2017, it had 20 miles on it, it's fucking brand new, It's it's the only, well, I don't technically own it, the bank owns it. Uh, actually, I don't even fucking have the optional. Well, I guess I do because I'm leasing. it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is that the thing is brand fucking spanking new. And it has the well sought after new car smell. And I figured out an interesting phenomenon that happens to me. Now, this might be growing up in a life of poverty and probably never actually smelling what a new car smell smells like unless it came in a, uh, a tree scent. But when I am hungover and or sick, because I was pretty sick last week, uh, the new car smell of my new car makes me want to profusely vomit all over the place. It's, it's unbearable. But it's only when I'm sick or hungover. Normally, I get in the, up in the morning, and if I'm feeling good, it doesn't do anything to me. It's, it, you know what? I don't enjoy it. It's not something that I can't wait to get in there and just sniff away, like some people make it seem. But it doesn't bother me. It's slightly pleasant, no big deal. Um, and, and but for some reason, if I if I the next day when I'm hungover or if I got a head cold or something, it's almost unbearable to sit in that new car smell. Now I don't know what that is. Is it some sort of chemical reaction in my brain? Am I having mini strokes? Am I allergic to new car smell? I have no idea. Anyway, how the fuck do we go down this road? What I wanted to say was while I'm driving to work, I've been listening to this album. And if anybody wants to know, I'm not I'm not hiding the name of the album. It doesn't matter. The name of the album is After the Party. It's by a band called the Menzingers. I've talked to them about them on this show before. They're an amazing band. Uh, I I like them a lot, good songwriters, uh, whatever, whatever you want to say. Just, you know, it's all subjective. It's everybody's opinion. But anyway, so I've been listening to this album, and I want to report to you, the listeners of the Awkward High Five podcast, that the album has successfully grown on me. And now I find myself singing some of the songs on the album, especially the... LA's Only Two Days If We Drive Straight, that song, there's a couple of good songs on the album. Now, here's the fucking thing, though. I know this is what I set out to do. I know that I, I through rote repet- repetition, what I wanted to do was pile drive this fucking, pile drive is not the word, jackhammer, I'm not a fucking wrestler pile, okay, jackhammering, This album into my head, into the fact, into the point where I enjoyed the music, and I think as far as that goes, I'm going to say mission accomplished. But that brought up an even more disturbing thing in my life, and that is the question now that I'm going to posit to all of you out there listening to this podcast: is are any songs that we listen to and like, or any music that we listen to and like, is it because we actually like it? Or is it because it was jammed into our head in one way or another? Now, I thought about it on both ways. Because nowadays, you don't really get that opportunity that much. However, there are some songs. Like a couple summers ago, you couldn't have gotten away from uh, fucking um, Growing Pains Kids song. The, hey, 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 hey. That's the one thing from that song. I, know? I don't even know how it goes. Um, na, na, na. You know what I'm talking about. The one with the naked girls in the video. I probably should know what it is if I was going to say that got jammed in her head, or, or let's say that happy song that Pharrell did, or one of those like the song of the summers, the songs of the summer, the ones that you can't avoid anywhere, and they end up getting stuck in your head, earworms, I think are the term that people use. And I know when I was younger, that happened a lot more because the options uh, to listen to music weren't really there. You did listen to a lot of radio. You watched a ton of MTV. And, and, you know, a lot of my musical opinions were shaped on that stuff. And now I'm thinking, at because of the success of jackhammering After the Party by the Menzingers into my fucking stupid, delicate, small, pea-brained head. Is anything that I've ever listened to something that I actually had a reaction to? Or is it just repetition that made me like something? Now, here's an example that I want to bring up. That I want to bring up to you people for your consideration. Back in in the summer of 2000, I believe it was, I was doing electric work for a little cash a little cash money on the side. You know what I mean? I had I had a few habits I had to support. I was a young, strapping 20-year-old man. I was in the middle uh, of you a know, break from a college semester. That's how long it's been since I've been out of college. I almost forgot that they're called semesters. And I was working. I was working my ass off. Working six days a week, climbing up in 120-degree attics, running wires, home run leads, wiring outlets, doing fucking fuse boxes, climbing up on ladders, putting hi-hats in the ceiling, all this shit. I just use some electrician terms for all you out there, hoping to blow your mind. Yeah, they're called hi-hats. You know, when there's recessed lighting in the the thing? Look, I know the terms. I did it for three months. Anyway, during that time... We would have what anybody who's worked on any sort of construction site or anything like that has come to 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 know, see as a familiar site is the yellow DeWalt, I believe it is, indestructible fucking radio that looks like something that they would bring down with a scuba diver into the depths so he doesn't get the bends. But it really just sits on on construction sites and is there to just pump out the oldies the, uh, you know, the, the standardized listen to us music. And that's what it did. They would have on the classic rock station. And as you know about classic rock stations, they would play about seven or eight songs and just repeat those seven, eight songs ad nauseum. You got your Tom Sawyer by Rush. You got your Life O'Reilly by The Who. You got your fucking da-na-na, da-na-na, da by the Led Zeppelins. You got all that stuff. Now, I heard all those songs. My opinion on those songs doesn't really matter. But there was one song out of all of those songs that that came on once or twice an hour because it was in the rotation. And that was a song called, I don't even know what the full name of it is, but I'm going to say it's called Don't Bring Me Down, Bruce, <laughs> by a little band called ELO. Now, I've grown to love ELO. At the time, I didn't really know who they were. Uh, and, uh, through being a traveling Wilburys fan, doesn't matter. At the time, the first time that I heard that song, uh, as my 20 year old self listening to classic rock radio, which is something that I normally didn't do. The first time I heard that song, I thought it was the worst thing that I had ever heard in my life. Don't bring me down, Bruce. I mean, da, 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 Right? mmmmmmm, don't bring me down. I'm stalling here so maybe I could bring it up. I probably should have prepared a little bit more, but um this song would come on. this song would come on. I, I don't know. I'm gonna guess it in an, over it, the the span of an eight hour day, no exaggeration. I'm going to say that it came on about seven times a day, and I couldn't stand it, and I fucking hated it actually. Uh, and, 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 and you know, I have a pretty virile reaction To Led Zeppelin and, and The Doors Which are two that were in lo- uh, rotation Here we go um, This is the second unsolicited song That I'm playing on this podcast So no one rat me out Anyway, this song would come on all the time And I could not stand it And then one day I was just working Just wiring an outlet Just a standard whatever Just hanging out With my tool belt on Sweating my balls off Thinking about what I was going to do that night With my sweet hundred bucks cash I was making for the day And I started singing to myself Thank you, Jeff This tune I was hoping the hook would come in But anyway So now I'm sitting there And I'm singing it And I thought to myself you hate this song. Why the fuck are you singing it? And then the more I sang it, the more I realized I fucking love this song. It's the favorite my favorite song that they play. Here we go. Here's the hook. Enjoy for a second. Don't bring me down. <laughs> Anyway, let's cut that off. So, so I feel like for some reason that if you just play a little bit of a song, then they can't sue you. I know that's not real, but anyway. So so I and to this day, I love that song. When I make when I make uh, well, I was gonna say mixtapes. Then I was gonna say mix CDs. And now I guess I'm just gonna say playlists, or like a party playlist or something. This song is always on it. It's a song that I love to this day. Now I want to know seriously because I have no idea. Is that if I just listen to that song once? And never heard it again, I would have had the wrong, I would have had the bad reaction that I had to that song. But because I was forced to listen to that song at least seven times a day, five or six days a week, for three months during the summer, I came out on the other side of August, loving the fuck out of Don't Bring Me Down Bruce by ELO. So, what does that say? Can we just get pounded with uh, information and music and end up liking it? I don't know. This is a question that I'm asking you, something that I'm thinking about uh and and okay i want to bring up one more example and i know at home you're saying right now dev you're going way too long with this stupid thing that you're talking about we don't care and i get it but this is what i want to say is back in 19 i believe 88 Fozzie bear's mom went out of town for the holidays and Fozzie and all of his friends decided to have a christmas celebration at Fozzie bear's mom's house and they all traveled there and it was the muppets it was sesame street and it was fraggle rock and they were all there to celebrate christmas and a lot of crazy shit went down Fozzie bear himself danced with a talking snowman Uh, kermit's uh nephew made some sort of love connection i don't fucking know the doozers were all fucked up on doozer sticks that shit was just going down and then for for one reason or another, they all convened in the living room and Dr. Tooth and his band started rocking out on the greatest rendition of fucking jingle rock that I had ever heard in my life. Now look, 1988, eight-year-old dev dog. I'd been around the block. I've listened to different versions of jingle bell rock. Never once did I subs- subscribe to that song. Didn't care for it. Didn't want to know about it. I enjoyed regular Jingle Bells better. I enjoyed fucking Little Drummer Boy better. I enjoyed that fucking weird one that doesn't even have any words, but then you make up your own words for it, the one they played in Home Alone that I can't think about right now. Anyway, the point is, is that I like Christmas songs better, other Christmas songs better. And then in 1988, while I'm sitting there enjoying the fruits of the labor of Jim Henson and crew at Fozzie Bear's mom's house, I listened to... Dr. Tooth and his band play him, you know, him, Janet, Animal, the whole crew rocking out the Jingle Bell Rock. Now, let me tell you something. That was 1988. That was almost 30 years from the day. And there has not been one day that I have woken up and not had Jingle Bell Rock in my fucking head. And I swear to God to you, this is not a bit that song has been in my head for almost 30 fucking years. So, again, is that something that I would have just had? Or is that because, uh, you know, I watched that show so many times? I don't know. These are things I'm asking. The other night, after we had that fine podcast, well, two podcasts with our friends Dave and Dave are here, we decided to end up, we ended up hanging out more afterwards, uh, just broing out. Just hanging, doing stupid shit, smoking some marijuana, and watching YouTubes. And they hipped me to a video that most of you at home have probably seen, but I never have. It's a few years old called Too Many Cooks. It's an adult swim thing. Uh, And I was a little fucked up at that point, and I couldn't believe what I saw. So the next day, I went back and I watched it a few times. And now, For the last few days, the only thing that's been stuck in my head besides Jingle Bell Rock, besides Don't Bring Me Down, Bruce by ELO, has been too many cooks, too many cooks, too many cooks. It's been stuck in my head. It doesn't get out. An earworm. That's all. That's all I'm bringing up on that. But seriously, I want to (laughs) know if this is true. Okay, here's something that I want to bring up to you guys. Here is something that if RTG was here, I know that he would talk about, so I'm just going to bring it up in his stead. Or is it Steed? Is it Steed or it's Steed? I've heard it said Steed. I've heard it said Steed. I like Steed better, but you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to play it safe. And in his stead, I'm going to bring this up. Steven Adler, the original drummer and, uh, and then future heroin addict of, the, of Guns N' Roses, his mom, his mother has written a book. (laughs) I swear to fucking God, as is not a joke, Steven Adler's mom wrote a book. And now, what I need to ask you is if you at home could guess the name of this book. That's right. You guessed it. The name of the book is Sweet Child of Mine. (laughs) I swear to God sweet child of mine and then i guess there's a there's a, 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 a you know a subline. hang on let me look it up again i probably should have fucking um prepared this and now i'm really uh i'm really regretting not having dave come in because he would this would have been his whole thing here just to look this up stephen adler mom book how come every time when you google somebody you google a name the first thing that pops up is net worth Like, do people out there really care about how much money people are worth, especially people like Steven Adler, who you last saw on Celebrity Rehab? Like, who gives a fuck? All right, sorry. A tell-all book from Steven Adler's mother to finally see the light of day. Her long-awaited book, tell-all book, Sweet Child of Mine, How I Lost My Son to Guns and Roses. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it was formally named No Bed of Roses. I'm gonna go ahead and say I like Sweet Child of Mine, How I Lost My Son to Guns N' Roses. It's kind of got a fucking Doctor Strange love how I fucking you know learned to love the atomic bomb kind of thing going for it. Anyway, uh, I, I've never heard of that before. I don't really have much to say about it. I just saw the headline of it and uh and and laughed my ass off. I mean, do you think Steven Tyler Steven Tyler, Jesus, Steven Adler? I mean, he's got to be 50 or at least pushing 50. He looks like he's fucking 70. He looks like the goddamn crib Keeper because all that fucking H. I mean, maybe he's sitting at home in his bed, dissing out on this podcast someplace. I don't know. I'm not judging. I'm just saying there would be a possibility that if Steven Adler had a podcast, maybe with his mom, he might, because of other reasons, be at home hiding in bed, ignoring all of his mom's Facebook messages, pleading him to come back to the pocket. I don't know. Anyway do you think that this happened though this is the one thing that i want to know and i know i'm asking you guys a lot of questions and the reason i'm asking you a lot of questions is because literally there's nobody here it's just my lava lamp my alice in wonderland blacklight poster and those stupid beads hanging on the door i want to know that if once steven adler's mom put that out that steven call his mom and go oh mom okay that's it <laughs> mom why'd you have to put out a book about how i'm a heroin addict and i lost my job with the most famous band of all time and i used to have a million dollars and now i have nothing and i was on that stupid celebrity rehab show with the guy from charles in charge why i get up around 11 when i used to get up at nine did it here's the thing when Axel wrote that song, I think he was like 22. So you trying to tell me that you used to get up at 9 in the morning when you were that young? I don't believe it. Mr. Brownstone or no Mr. Brownstone. I never got up that fucking early. I never danced with Mr. Brownstone. Okay, now I'm really rambling. Anyway, if you want to read Stephen Adler's Sweet Child of Mine, How Guns N' Roses Stole My uh, Son and I Learned to Appreciate and Love the Atomic Bomb by, I'm going to guess her name is Debbie Adler. Actually, let me look that up. I don't even know what the fuck her name is. Uh, Deanna Adler. I was so close. Deanna Adler's book, I think, uh, pre-sale is available on Amazon. So, the other thing that came to mind that I was reading today that I thought I would ramble on about a little bit is that NASA made an announcement today Saying that they found, I guess this is where I, where I'm gonna, you know, show that not only do I just read headlines, but I'm also a fucking blithering idiot. But I think the 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 gist of it is that they found a another solar system, and in that solar system, the sun is weak enough, and there's enough uh, planets in its orbit that are far enough away that they believe that up to seven of these planets could be inhabitable that there actually could be life on these planets now in the in the article that i read and who knows with all this fake news out there but in the article that i read which i think was a pretty uh, reliable credible source they were saying that within a decade it could it could within a decade meaning the next 10 years of our life if you don't understand what a decade is that they could find On these planets, living beings, proof of life on another planet. Now, that's mind blowing enough. But I started thinking because I always want immediate results. I don't, you know, I've always had a problem with the things that take time in life. Maybe that's why I've never had a successful relationship. Maybe that's why I've floundered in and out of careers. Maybe that's why uh, I'm so quick in bed. I don't know. I have no idea. But I kind of like an immediate gratification. And, and I, I and what I don't like is when I read something like that and I get all excited because there's nobody out there that wants there to be life on other planets more than I do. And I do want in my lifetime for that to happen. Sometimes when I'm driving... I just imagine the big independence day fucking spaceship coming out of the clouds over the horizon and just like covering, blocking out the sun and just hovering over everything. I like imagine that shit. I just want it to happen. I want there to be some big global event. I don't even want anyone to get hurt, but I want to be alive when when the circumstances fucking change. The day that that Martians touch down or the day that NASA says we found a planet with fucking life on it. I want to be a part of that. So when I read this article, and now they're teasing us with seven, maybe seven planets that might have life on it, could be possible, that that have the right circumstances to have some sort of life grow and live on it, I got really excited. And in my mind, I I wanted results immediately. I wanted them to say, hey, guys, we found seven planets, and planets two, four, and five, they got people on them, and we're looking through telescopes, and they're mowing their lawns and waving at us. Now, I know that's not what's going to happen, but that's what I wanted to hear. And then I went further and thought, how great would it be that in the, sometime in the next four years, if NASA was able to find and prove that extraterrestrial life was real and was out there during Trump's administration? And here's why. Think about your life before November 2016. Well, wow, even that's kind of hard to say. Think about your life about a year ago. Remember when there was no Trump? Remember when there was and I'm not saying I'm not saying this if you supported him, if you voted for him, if you're not for him, if you think he's a sexist and a racist. I'm not saying about any of that. I'm just talking about pure mentions per day in newspapers. Television shows, late night programming, websites, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, fucking ass Jeeves, all that bullshit. You fucking, every day we're inundated with Trump. Trump this, Trump that, I hate Trump, I love Trump, why do you love Trump? You, you, you should hate Trump, why do you hate Trump? You should love Trump. Trump did this, Trump did that, this guy, but Trump, 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 Trump. All fucking day, it's been going on forever, and it's making me insane. And you know who loves that more than anything in the world? Motherfucking Donald Trump. He loves it. This is his thing. He's an egomaniac. It doesn't matter if it's good or if it's bad. The motherfucker just likes being in the headlines, being talked about. It's probably the only reason that he even tried to be president is he just wants to be talked about all the time. Now, what is the one thing that could happen that could usurp Donald Trump from the media fucking train that he's on? The, The speeding, but he's basically on the media equivalent of the train that that dude in reality bites was no, I'm sorry. In singles, was trying to fucking get off the ground. Which, by the way, we all knew that wasn't going to happen as a, as viewers from the beginning. I mean, that super fucking train. I know he had the nice poster and everything, but uh, did, did was anybody ever watch that movie and think, oh yeah, this guy's going to succeed with the super train? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Anyway, Donald Trump could only be derailed. The only thing to get get him off the front page of every publication, every website, would be if we found fucking life on another planet. And now, I want that to happen so badly. Because imagine how quick the circumstances would change. If all of a sudden, aliens were a real thing, then fucking Donald Trump wouldn't matter anymore. Our government wouldn't matter anymore. There's fucking life on other planets, boys. We need to get out there. We need to assemble a drill crew to get up on that... Oh, no, wait, that's that other movie. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. We need to go there. We need to meet these people. And we got to make sure that they're not smarter than us, stronger than us, that they don't eat humans, that they don't have the power to fucking just come over and oblivion. We need to do all this shit. So who gives a fuck about fucking the, the, the orange guy who's in that weird white building just screaming all the time? Who gives a fuck about him? So anyway, that's what I want to happen. But in, in in real talk, in all honesty, I am really excited about this fucking, you know, NASA tends to put stuff out and then it goes away really quickly. And they'll, and they'll say little things that's cool, like, we found water on Mars. And you're like, oh, fuck. If there's water on Mars, then there's got to be some sort of bacteria on Mars, which means technically there's life. And then it seems exciting. And then it kind of just trails off, you know. Sometimes they're like, Pluto's a planet. And other times they're like, Pluto isn't a planet. And then sometimes they're like, Pluto is a planet. NASA's basically like a fucking bad girlfriend that's stringing you along. You know, she, you're a fucking girl, you're a boyfriend when she wants you there, but then when someone else comes along, I'm not talking about this from personal experience. I'm not Pluto in most of my relationships, maybe a couple of them, but anyway, you get what I'm saying. With NASA, is they they pull at your heartstrings, but I feel like this that I read today is some solid ass information that uh, that they're coming with. That's all, and I would love nothing more. Then there'd be such a big world event that just knocked Donald Trump, even if it's only for a week. But you know that week, he would be at home in his bed crying, avoiding his podcast. Uh, I mean, avoiding his duties as the President of the United States because his uh, his popularity contest had would have been lost to life on another fucking planet. That's all I have to say about that. You guys enjoying the ramble so far? You still with me, ramblers? Because I, uh, I don't know if I have really anything else to say. I mean, I could keep going, but I figure these solo shows are going to be a little bit shorter. How long do you want to listen to one man just sit here and, uh, and bullshit? I guess this is the point in the show where I should um, thank everybody for listening. And also, uh, we got a few new um, Patreon subscribers uh, since the last show, and I really appreciate that. Uh, if you want to go and support the show on Patreon, you go on there. And if you get the $5 or more tier, you get two extra episodes a month. And they're not they're not solo dev rambling episodes. I promise you, they're episodes like we had last weekend, where uh, we'll have some people in and tell some interesting stories and talk about some crazy shit. I actually really enjoyed the. the I enjoyed both episodes that Dave and Dave did with me. It was great having them in, and, and I'm hoping to have them back very soon. Uh, but um, the uh, the second episode, the first episode, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I recommend going back and listening to it, especially the last twenty minutes where daily. Our friend Dave Daly tells one of the fucking craziest stories that I've ever heard about just being a, a maniac youth in Florida and uh, and flipping a car and all this shit. But then the second episode, we moved on to a not serious because it was still a lighthearted, funny show, but uh, we talked about uh, life in the military. That's When I say the second show, I mean the exclusive Patreon show. And I'm not trying to like dangle the carrot in front of your face or whatever. It's, that, that's not what I'm getting across here, but... We, we did the, the second exclusive Patreon show this week. And it, it was a, it, we continued after we shut off the mics for the regular free show. And we moved into talking about life in the military, because both of them have military experience. And for me, it was like a really crazy learning experience. And I actually I don't go back and listen to a lot of the episodes, unless I have to edit something or anything like that. But uh, but this one I went back and listened to and I really, really enjoyed. So uh, maybe if enough time passes, I'll re-release that episode as a free one for all you cheap asses who don't want to chip in a little bit of bucks for your rambling, crazy, fucking, nervous, bud, damn, dang. But uh, anyway, good episode. So yeah, if you go on Patreon and subscribe, you're gonna get two extra episodes a month, plus on top of all the crazy free content that you're getting. Um, anyway, I don't know. I just had to bring that up. We have to put that in there. We don't do pl- we don't do advertising or plugs in here, so it's alright to talk about that. I went to, uh, last night, I went into the city with a few friends and uh, saw a, um, the Patrice O'Neill benefit, which was something I was looking forward to for a long time. For uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that almost all of you know who Patrice O'Neill is, but if you don't, let's just go ahead and say he was the funniest human being on the face of the planet um and uh, unfortunately passed away about five or six years. I think it was about six or maybe even seven years ago now, at a very young age. Um. Oh, speaking of little side caveat, uh, going back to a few episodes ago when I was talking about the impact of watching the Challenger, uh, uh, spaceship explode on television when I was a child, I found an article that uh it was like 13 facts about challenger explosion number 12 will blow your mind so you have to click on it and i clicked on it because i'm a fucking rube and all i get i get sucked in by clickbait um and i was reading some of them and the thing that fucking shot me to the core was the teacher that we spoke about the woman the reason that we were watching a live circuit view of this fucking uh launch when we were in school is because it was the first launch ever with, uh, with a teacher on it. And I was reading about it, and they said her name. And she was 37 years old when she was on the space uh, ship Challenger and she exploded. And guess what age? Your best buddy, Dev Dog, just turned a week ago. 37. This chick had a successful teaching career and made her way up to astronaut and then exploded in a fucking spaceship explosion all before the age of 37. And I'm sitting in a dark room with a blacklight poster and beads on the door talking to you guys. So who had a better life? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she was hugging, maybe right before that thing exploded, she was just sitting there like, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell. Anyway, what was my point? Oh, Patrice O'Neill passed away way too early. We were robbed by basically the funniest human being in the world. I honestly believe that if Patrice O'Neill stayed alive and did comedy for another 20 20 years another two decades he would be right up there with Pryor and carlin and bill hicks and all the people that we celebrate on a daily basis because he was that fascinating and fantastic anyway we went to his um his benefit last night which was great an amazing amount of talent there uh you know who do we have we had uh keith robinson dan soder uh david tell bill burr obviously uh jim norton Mm -hmm. um And a few other people uh uh, to be honest with you oh uh, pete davidson um and this is the reason that i'm bringing this up i'm bringing this up for two reasons but the main reason that i'm bringing this up is that i was blown away the by far the best part of that show we have all these heavy hitter uh, comedians and the person that blew me away the most was leslie jones from snl and the woman ghostbusters fame i'd never seen her stand up before I know she had been doing it forever. I know that her and Patrice used to tour with each other all the time, so it made sense that she was there. Um, and I was definitely open to listening to you know, her comedy, but at the same time, I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, I watch um, I'm a, I watch Saturday Night Live. I catch almost all of them, and she's funny on the show, uh, it, you know. And I, I've said my piece about the Ghostbusters movie on this show. I, I didn't like it very much, and no, not because it was women in it. I actually love all the women in that movie. It just didn't end up being a great movie. And I think that she could have been... She was one of the ones that could have been used better. But anyway, she came on like a fucking house of fire and just destroyed that room for 20 minutes like I haven't seen somebody in a very, very long time. Um, And I don't know why I'm telling you that, but I guess the reason I'm telling you that is that you might have your own opinions about Leslie Jones because I know a lot of people out there tend to hate on the chick. And I don't know why, because I'm telling you firsthand, I saw her melt a fucking theater of people last night. Uh, and, you know, she came on after David Tell, after Jim Norton, after, you know, Rich Voss was hosting. I mean, you know, everybody there was fucking certified killers and she came on and destroyed. So I just wanted to give her her props. Not that she needs it because she's on Saturday Night Live making 10 grand a week while I'm sitting in this room with beads on the door talking to nobody. Wow, I just got depressed. Okay, so anyway. Oh, so and then another thing happened. And going back to meditation, which I brought up in the beginning of the show, I wanted to talk about this. There was a guy there that every time somebody hit a punchline, I mean, I'm going to say 70% of the time that somebody hit a punchline, this guy stood up and clapped as hard as he could, gave gave the comic, every single one of them, gave him his own personal standing ovation, and he was at he was at the, you know, he wasn't all the way in the back. The comics could see this guy. He was making a spectacle of himself. And then a couple times he yelled out, I want to really call it heckling. I mean, it technically was heckling, but it wasn't negative heckling. He just thought that he was contributing to the show. He might have been drunk. I have no idea. But it got to the point that every time that this guy stood up, this whole theater of people looked over and, and you could just see the eye rolls just making their way like the fucking the wave at Old Shea Stadium fucking just through the the crowds, why this guy stood up. And here is where meditation comes in. Because five years ago, well, fuck, two years ago, if I was at that and this guy was making making it about himself and, and uh, making a spectacle of himself and pulling away from the comedians and the show that everyone spent a lot of fucking money, by the way, to go see, uh, it was a benefit for Patrice's family. So it made sense. But um, I would be pissed. I would be like, fucking, I might even yell, sit down or shut up or, or at least complain to the person next to me or whatever. But last night, I had an interesting thing that happened where I'm watching this guy make an ass of himself, make the whole thing about himself, try to like, whatever his point may be like, I'm the biggest comedy fan in the world, whatever it is, whatever thing that was going on. And I saw it from a place of insecurity and ego that I never would have seen it before to, to where I kind of felt bad. It wasn't pity because I don't pity anybody. Uh, but, but I kind of felt like, like, nah, that's a shame that that guy is so insecure that he has to get up and make this big spectacle of himself. And then I thought to myself, wow, that is a mature line of thinking that, uh, that yes, at 37, you probably should have, but you never had before. So you're surprising yourself. And I think that all comes from my meditation practice. I think that uh, being in tune with everything, and I know I push meditation a lot on this show, but it really has changed my life. And to be able to look at that guy and, and just and, and not think, like, what a fucking piece of shit somebody should knock that guy out, uh, to, or at least pour a beer on his head or something, to sit there and think, oh, that's a shame. I hope that guy gets the help that he needs, that he doesn't have to you know, pull this ego act in front of everybody. It was a surprising starting little moment that I had with myself. That's all. That's all I got to say. And then the last thing I want to say about that show is uh, we wa- we went in and we were, um, we were waiting for, you know, we were online to get a couple beers. And uh, I got myself a 12-ounce beer that they gave to me in a sippy cup. And when I tell you sippy cup, it was basically the, it, I'm not even going to say grown-up equivalent. I mean, the lid was black, but if that w- lid was yellow and had bite marks all over it and like uh, fucking Elmo on the side of it. It would have been the same thing as a sippy cup, a uh, full of beer, which they charged me $12 for. Now, look, Manhattan, benefit, a theater in the middle of New York. It was basically around the corner from Times Square. I get it. Prices are going to be high. No big deal. Here's the thing that they do you order the beer, they give it to you in a sippy cup, they say $12. You go, and then they say, if you bring the sippy cup back, the next beer will be $9. So in my mind, which was already a little flooded with some alcohol, I was like, that's a fucking deal. And uh, meanwhile, I could buy three six-packs of the fucking beer that I, uh, that I was drinking out of that for for $12. But it doesn't matter. Again, benefit, I understand. Um so I fucking, I'm all excited. I'm sitting there drinking and I'm all excited to go back and bring my sippy cup to another grown-up in a theater and give them a, a fucking three times the amount of money that this beer is worth. And, and that ends up happening like halfway through the show. I go out, I take a nice little fucking pee break for myself. I go downstairs, I give him the sippy cup. He pours the beer in the sippy cup. He takes my $9 and gives me back the cup without the sippy cup lid. And at that moment, I was upset that I didn't get my sippy cup lid. Now, I don't know if this was he forgot to put my sippy cup lid on or whatever, but I had already turned into the child that was dependent upon the sippy cup lid. And a lot of things ran through my head. And I was thinking to myself, w- w- like, what would happen if I bring this beer back and I sit down and I spill the beer on the person in front of me? Or, or what would happen if I need to get up again and there's no cup holder and I don't know where to put it? I need this sippy cup lid like a fucking child. It the, the Pavlonian response to the sippy cup lid happened so quickly and so intensely that I didn't even notice it. That only when I was denied the sippy cup lid was I that it come to mind that I actually had a dependence on this thing. So what I did was when he handed it to me, he went down to to put his tip in or whatever. And I saw what I thought was my sippy cup lid, but I really, in, in hindsight, had no idea. So I grabbed the lid off of the bar, or the makeshift bar that they had there, and I put the sippy cup lid onto my cup and walked away. Now, here's what happened. And I was feeling pretty confident. I was feeling like I had my security blanket back and I was going to go enjoy the rest of this comedy show. As I'm walking away, I hear the bartender go, oh, my God. And I knew that it was directed towards me. So I turned back around. Now, the bartender had said that statement to the woman that was working next to him. um, And I turned around as I'm securing the sippy cup lid to the cup and look directly in the eyes of the bartender, he looked at me in the eyes, realized that I had heard him say, oh my God, realized that I understood that that oh my God was about me to that other person. And he kind of put his head down real quick and didn't acknowledge it. So then I felt some sort of shame, like I had did something wrong. I put my head down and I walked away with my sippy cup. And now in my mind, I'm thinking, did I take some other sippy cup? Was that like a fucking sippy cup that people were just like, had chew in their lip and they were fucking dipping and spitting into was there is there something tainted on the sippy cup lid? What is going on with the sippy cup lid? And I never found out, and I went back and I drank my uh, I drank my beers and watched the show. But it was a weird exchange, and now I'm going to live the rest of my life not knowing why that bartender said, oh, my God, when I retrieved what I thought was rightfully mine, my security beer sippy cup lid at 37 years old at a benefit for a dead comedian. I miss your taste and see-through Who that's singing? Oh, Richie, if you are listening to this episode real quick, I I, I do want you to know, hang on, I got to shut you off. I, I do want you to know that I did, I tried to play it during my the failed Panda bit, but I want you to know that I did get this drop for you. This community means about as much to me as a festering bowl of dogs snot. That's Richie at home right now. This community means about as much to me as a festering bowl of dogs snot. Just uh, replace community with podcast. All right. Thank you for listening to the Awkward i Five Podcast Wednesday Rambling Edition. We'll be back on uh, Friday night or Saturday night, depending on the way the dice roll, and it'll be, uh, it'll be a different show. We'll have people here. We'll have conversations with more than just me rambling about sippy cup lids and black posters and space shuttle explosions and trying to communicate with weird women through meditation. the fuck is wrong, me? Go on iTunes and leave a review. Once we have 100 reviews, we're throwing a party. We need those reviews, people. It really does help. It really does help. And I appreciate every single one of you that goes out of any way to help this podcast out. We really need it. Go on Patreon, subscribe, get your extra episodes, send me emails with feedback, with ideas. Everybody that emailed me this week, thank you so much. I have I've got I haven't even gotten through all of them, but I've read them and I will respond to them. But thank you for all that. If you're somebody who wants to come on the show, we're going to work that out, I promise. So I'm just trying to figure out a way to do that that makes sense for everybody. Um and that's it. Okay. Love you back. With love, with bread, wanna smoke you up. Even though my chest has smoked you up. Get more painless, wanna smoke you up. Hit hell my best than a bag up. With love, with bread, wanna smoke you up. Even though my chest are smoking up. Get more painless, wanna smoke you up. Hit hell my best than I'm back up. Surrounded by seeds, I'm lost in the trees. My thirst and hunger seem to